We are in a series about prayer. This is the second week. And prayer is is, um, something that I think if you could point to one thing that people um, everywhere um, would do, a, a spiritual thing, a practice, it would be prayer. I mean, if you talk to people um, and, and you start to have a conversation and you talk about prayer, what you're going to hear is, I pray. You know, it's amazing. Um, I'll have a conversation with somebody and as soon as um, they find out that I'm a, a pastor guy, that's one of the first things they say. I pray. It's like, I'm not asking you if you pray or not. And it doesn't matter if um, people go to church, they don't go to church. It doesn't matter if they follow Jesus, don't follow Jesus. Um, people pray, and they would say that they pray. Now, I, I'm a little bit um, suspicious sometimes, and I think about what that means. I'm praying. My suspicion is sometimes that the prayers that people pray are pretty um, not real deep, right? Sometimes it's like a, a prayer I prayed once and got into big trouble for. Oh, rub it up, dub, Lord, thanks for the grub. It didn't go over too well. We did pray a serious prayer after that, by the way. Maybe it's sometimes um, the prayers are like really, I, I would share with you what culture is teaching us to pray like. You know, the life preserver type of prayer. So, you know, whenever it is that we need God, we pray. We throw out, we hope he throws out that lifeline, that preserver, and we can grab onto it and he can reel us in and save us. Isn't it ironic that the people that call us to do that um, are refusing to let his name or his word in any of their buildings? Or, um, you know, praying in school, part of our educational system. But when we need them, I'm not making, I think it's a good thing that people recognize that there is a God that they can pray to. I just struggle with that. I don't know if you do. That, that we would treat God like that. Okay, we need you now, but all the other times we don't have anything to do with you, Sorry. There's something wrong with that, isn't there? Um, and then I, I think about um, the prayer life I would submit to you of, of many. And, and these are thoughts for you to, to think about when you think about your prayer life. Kind of like that illustration, again, um, that we started the message with last week, lukewarm. So for many, and maybe that's true for you, I don't know. Your prayer life just is. It's just kind of there. It's something that you do. Every now and then, or maybe frequently, daily, you pray. But, it, you know, it's just it's because it's what you do. If you know God, you pray, right? But beyond that, maybe there's not a whole lot of depth. Maybe there's not a lot of things that you think about or that you pray with specificity towards whatever, you don't really know a lot about what it is that prayer is meant to be. That's why we're having this series. You know, one of the things that I celebrate about the body of Jesus Christ is that we're given the privilege and the opportunity to help people know God. 
and to take relationships and prayer lives that are lukewarm and to stoke it up. That's a huge part of our mission here. And so that's exactly what it is that, that we're about. That's why our children went down to children's ministry. That's why we have other opportunities. And that's why this series is taking place. To help you learn and grow and, and ask God questions more and more. Get into His Word about prayer. Starting last week with looking at the power of prayer. And that just comes out of knowing God, right? Have you thought about that? Um, I'm not going to go down that sermon all over again. But do you pray to God like He is the God of the impossible? Do you pray to God like He is the Almighty One that can do all things? Do you pray to God knowing that He loves you more than you'll ever be able to imagine and always wants what's best for you? See, those are the things that are so critical and so important about prayer. It's the teaching that we looked at last week. To pray with power because you believe that you're praying to an all-powerful, almighty God who can do all things. I think it changes how we talk. You know, what we know of people really filters into our conversations, right? What do you know of God? Closely related to that has to do with what we're going to look at this morning. Expectancy. Both are grounded in faith in terms of power of God, but so is expectancy. And Jesus has a conversation with his disciples about it. Um, just before he dies, it goes on for two chapters, John 14 to 16, and he shares a powerful truth in those words um, multiple times. And I, and I want to just read a portion of what he says. It's found in John 14. I'm going to read verses 9 to 13. But before I do, I'd like you to open up your hearts. And expect God to say something to you this morning about prayer. So, hear the words of God. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not my own. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing His work. Believe me when I say I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is the Word of God. Might it be written on our hearts and lived in our lives. Hmm. Um, If you got the Word of God on electronic device or Bible, just keep it open and look at those words. It's pretty profound, pretty powerful. 
This is Jesus' response um, to two things that happened as he had a conversation. It's at the start of the, the chapter. He, he starts out by saying in those first few verses down to verse 4 that he's going to go um, from them. He's trying to prepare him, trying to help him out. I'm going to leave, but I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to go to Heavenly Father, prepare a place for you, and then you can come and be with me. It's a conversation then that unfolds that's not unlike the ones that we have with Him all the time. So I think we can relate. Because immediately there's doubt. Thomas says this in verse 5, Lord, we, we, we don't know where you're going, so can you show us the way? He already said that. But it's kind of like, well, okay, so you say that you're going to go somewhere. You're going to go to the Heavenly Father. We don't have a clue where that is, so you know we need a map. We need you to be really clear and, and get proof and evidence of where you're going so we can find you, Right? Jesus responds with those words that, that maybe you know, powerful words, John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. I'm the way. You want to know how to get to the Father? Here it is. And I love what Philip says. So, so more doubt, more expressions of, well, I'm not so sure about what it is that you're saying. He says this, verse 8, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. I, I think we can really relate to that line. Have you ever been there? So, so, so you're, 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 you're praying, but you just want proof and evidence. Show us. You know, we, we, we want to believe, but we'll really believe. I mean, it's just going to be enough for us if you just give us that little, that little bit of proof, that little bit of evidence. We've got to have something we can put our hands on. We've got to have something that we can see, that we can touch, that we can feel, and then we'll believe. Well, let's just be honest about that. I, I think that's very true sometimes of how we function, of how we, we live our lives, but also how we pray. Just show us, and then that, everything will be okay. That'll be enough. And, and you see what Jesus says in response. It's really, as, as he says this to Philip, I just picture him just filled with exasperation. He, he says, don't, don't you know me after verse 9? Don't you know me after I've been with you such a long time? I mean, so I'm sharing this. I'm telling you this truth. Don't you know that if I shared it with you, it would be true? That you can believe, that you can expect that what I share with you will happen? Question, how long have you been a follower of Jesus? See, it, it, Jesus is just, he's saying, look. Here, I, I, it's me, Jesus. Do you really need more proof? Haven't you seen enough by seeing me? Who 
is God to you? What do you expect out of him? What do you believe about what he says in his word and in his truth? Do you know God enough to not demand evidence or proof? Just to trust him at his word, to believe and to expect that what he says in his word and what he promises to you is enough? I want to um, challenge you on that just a minute to think about it by just using something that is very practical and that um, you have seen all of the time. In fact, a form of it you're utilizing right now. A chair. So let's just say this. Somebody came up and said to you, Hey, Come and sit. You said, who? Nope, not doing it. Why not? Because I think that baby's going to break. What? Just come and sit in the chair. Oh, no. <laughs> You're not getting me to sit in that chair. No way, no how. kind of struggling with this a little bit. But you don't believe me when I ask you to sit in the chair that it's going to work, it's going to be okay for you? Not at all. Would it help if I sat in the chair? Maybe. Okay. Is that good enough for you? I heard it squeak. <laughs> Sometimes that's how we pray. Or maybe sometimes even how we refuse to pray. We don't bring things to God because we just don't believe He can. Or we don't want to get our hopes up and expect that the God who created all things could possibly do what it is that we lay before him in prayer. So we don't even get there. Sometimes when we do, we just refuse to accept and believe that he is who he says he is. Sometimes we do this. Come, sit in the chair. Doesn't look too sturdy. It is. It's a good chair. Okay. Sometimes we want to test God with what He says. We want to make sure that everything's okay. We want to touch it. We want to feel it. We want God to show us just like Philip, evidence and proof. And then sometimes there's this. <laughs> Come sit in the chair. No questions asked, no testing. There's just sitting with faith and belief and no doubts that the chair is going to hold. You sit down and expect everything's going to be great. 
How do you pray? You know, um, when we think about prayer, you, you look at the words that Jesus says um, after that, that sentence, you know, don't, haven't you known me long enough? Th- then he says this um, down a, a, little, a little further, verse 11. Believe me when I, when I say that I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles. So, so you, you should know who I am. You, you should, if you've known me for a while, you should know that what I say is true, that, that you can believe it, that you can expect it when I ask you to, to pray, to lay things before me. But what about the, the miracles? Won't you at least believe if, because of that? What about you? Have you? Do you believe in miracles? Yeah, I held one a few minutes ago. Or I tried. That's a miracle. And people ask me about that all the time, and I have to open up your eyes and look around a little. All of you are a miracle. A living, breathing miracle. And I mentioned something about um, vaccines. You know, God can bring this to an end at any time. I fully believe that. But you know, even when you get one of those, is the miracle the vaccine or is it your body, your immunity system? They wouldn't work if God didn't create you the way that he did. It's incredible to think about what it is that God did and what he put into each one of you. It's a miracle. Fearfully and wonderfully made, each one of you profound you you get a cut and you heal it's a miracle take a look outside when you go stand in the parking lot not right now just hold on for a few minutes and check it out all the things that you see it's springtime right farmers are planting fields maybe you're going to plant a garden you know i loved gardening and i was i Maybe I'm easily amazed. I don't think so. I believe in the power of the living God. But you put a seed into the ground, and then you see what happens. It's a miracle. That out of a little seed, you, you get tomato plants and carrots and vegetables and corn and beans and all kinds of things. It's amazing. And then, of course, I think of one of the greatest miracles of all, that God would die for me and give me his grace. I think that's a miracle. See, it's all around us. It's so profound, miracles. And then there's those things that we would pray about in earnest, those things that we would lay before God, that we would ask him to do a a work that is great, something that would, would maybe be contrary to what it is that we see and know, but we're praying in faith and we're praying with expectancy and God does it. Have you ever been there? If not, you need to listen really close to the truth of this word. 
I always wonder about that and, and think, well, what, what? when somebody tells me I, I don't see any miracles, I don't see God do any astounding things, I'm thinking, man, you need to buck up your prayer life. You need to figure out who God is and start praying that way and believe it, just being honest. Knowing the power of God, praying with expectancy. You see, what does Jesus say in verse 13 to all of that? And he's talking about believing it. And even if it's just the the miracles, he says this, verses 13 and 14. Listen very closely to what Jesus says to you personally. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now just to clarify... This is not God being like that genie that grants you three wishes. There's something that's important to recognize about in my name and for the glory of my Father. His heart and his mind is focused on things greater than some of the things that we, unfortunately, and sometimes bring. And it's not that he's frustrated or upset about it. But his heart is focused on things that will go beyond this, this lifetime of us as flesh and blood, eternal things. That's his concern. That's his hope. That's his desire that we too would be focused on those things. And that we'd think about godly things and eternal things. And that's where a lot of the focus when he says that is, is in. And we need to remember that. And I think that those words, verses 13 and 14, come to us in, in three different ways all at once. comes to us as an indictment, comes to us as a challenge, and it comes to us as encouragement. It comes to us as an indictment because, let's be honest, we haven't always prayed that way. We haven't always prayed with, 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 the, with the faith and the belief and the expectancy that when we pray, it will be so. Do you know the word... Amen. You know why that's on the end of a prayer? Because it means, and it will surely be. That when we pray, we believe that God is going to answer our prayers in a way, again, that is far better, that is best than we can even imagine. It comes as a challenge to accept and believe the words of Jesus Christ. And the promises that God gives. To be able to change and and to pray and believe that indeed He will do it. You know, throughout my ministry, I've had um, the blessing of, of knowing and becoming friends of a lot of guys who farm. I remember one guy, after preaching a, a, a sermon about faith, came up to me and, and said very clearly and very powerfully, um, every time I put a seed in the ground or plant a field, I do so in faith. And that's true. The reality is, though, I never heard anybody complain or worry more about what was going to happen after that seed got dropped in the ground than him. 
There was never enough rain or there was too much rain. It was not enough heat or there was too much heat. On and on and on. I'm sure when he put a seed in, he expected it to grow. But there sure was a whole lot of conversation that would maybe make you wonder. So when you pray, what's the conversations you have? What are the thoughts? What are the things you think about when you lay things before an almighty God? Just ask him. See, there's a challenge here. And there's encouragement. Jesus said those words multiple times um, from chapter 14 to chapter 16. I think he meant it. I think he wanted to impress it upon his followers that they could ask for anything in his name and he would do it. But he also taught uh, that truth specifically when it came to prayer. So listen to these words from Luke 11. So he just taught um, basically the Lord's Prayer. So he gave the elements and the components, but then he teaches about prayer. So these are some of the things that you should pray about. He said, but then, then these words, Luke 11, verses 9 to 13. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds. And to them who knock, the door will be opened. And then these wonderful words. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, will give them a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil, and that just simply means you've got sin in your heart and your life. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And you think about what the Spirit is and and what that means for us in terms of empowering, encouraging, equipping. That's the promise. So he says, when you pray, pray with faith and believe it, expect it. I thought about that as a dad. I thought about Matt. Matt's a great guy. He loves his daughter. You know, is there anybody who would doubt that he's not going to do the best that he can for his little girl? What about you? So why would we doubt that God has the capability and would do great things for us? I don't know. Why would we not pray that way? Why would we not believe what Jesus says? Ask, and you'll receive. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened. You know, a long time ago, um, a very long time ago, when I was in uh, high school, I was on a wrestling team. And I remember going to a tournament, and I was um, watching another guy who was wrestling that was in my weight class. And I'm like, whoa, because he was smoking the kid that he was wrestling, just crushing him, every part of it. And I said, unbeknownst to me, while my coach was walking behind me, um, man, 
because I was going to wrestle him next. I said, I'm going to get beat bad. My coach politely grabbed me on the shoulder, spun me around, stared me in the eye, and said, if that's really what you believe, don't go out on the mat. I wrestled differently from that day forward. A long time ago, I heard the words that Jesus said in John 14 and in Luke 11, and I've never prayed the same since. See, the point is, if we don't believe it, why would we even... What would be the point? That's what God wants us to know. He wants us to pray with expectancy, with hope. Because we know who He is. And believe that He'll do what He says He's going to do. We need to expect great things from a great and a loving God. Last question before we're done. This isn't as long as a pew. But did any of you, when you walked in here, say, I'm not sitting in that pew. I don't think it's going to support me. Did any of you go get Brian and say, hey, will you test this out for me first? I just want to make sure. You know, I bet that, that nobody even went up to the pew and grabbed onto it, you know, pushed down on it and make sure it's going to be safe and good. What you're sitting on is wood put together by human hands. Who you pray to is an almighty, loving God. If you treated a chair that way, should we not believe the word of God and the truth that he gives? Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you for your word and your truth. Lord, it's my hope that all of us know you more. That we'll come to believe um, that you are who you say you are. That you love us more than anything. That you died on the cross for our sins. Lord, if there's anybody here who struggled with that or doesn't know it, Lord, I just pray that if they'll just explore it. They'll ask questions. They'll ask you questions. Lord, and I know that um, that we fall so short sometimes in believing that you are the God of the impossible and that you desire what's best for us. We let things that we can see and that we can touch. Lord, not only deter our faith, but ask us, ask you, oh Lord, to, to show us. Lord, you... You share these words as well. That, Lord, that in everything we should come to you with prayer. That we would not doubt in anything. But, Lord, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, we present our request to you. 
And then, oh God, we'd experience that peace that passes understanding. Be filled with that hope and that joy. Lord, speak to us very specifically this morning about our prayer life. Help us, O Lord, to know you more and to pray with faith, hope, and belief. We ask it in your holy and in your precious name. Amen.